Hi there. Welcome. This is the Woman Inspired Podcast. So glad you're here. So glad I'm here. What a blessing. <laughs> Got to wake up today and uh, breathe another day and have some faith all the way through it. I spent a little time today just kind of being introspective, praying, seeking God about some very important things I've got going on. I hope that you are able to do the same. Wake up in the morning and realize that the only place to take your day, the first and greatest place to take your day is through our Heavenly Father first. Okay, today's episode is a light-hearted episode with a focus on John 8, 12. Um, and by lighthearted, I don't mean haha funny, although there is a little humor in it, of course. But today we're focusing on light. And before we get into that, just a reminder for you. I know you've heard it so many times over the last few months, but I'm thankful that I'm able to say that you can go over to accessmore.com and check out the podcast they have there. All kinds of things on faith, education, some sermons, Bible study, entertainment, you name it, with a whole lot of various uh, leaders in ministry and education and theology, and you will love it. Just pop on over. They've got Lisa Harper, Christine Kane, um, Torn Wells, Bob Goff, all kinds of people, and probably some you haven't heard of. I'd love for you to check out. Just hop on over to accessmore.com. But don't do it until you're done with this podcast episode, please. All right. So um, I have some pod quotes ready for him. Ready or not, here they are. This one is by Pope Benedict XVII. Only if people change will the world change. And in order to change, people need the light that comes from God. The light which so unexpectedly, on the night we call Christmas, entered our world and brightened the night. I love that. All right. I'm going to say it again because I really did love it. And sometimes it takes a little bit for it to sink in. At least it does for me. Only if people change will the world change. And in order to change, people need the light that comes from God. The light which so unexpectedly on the night we call Christmas entered our world and brightened the night. All right. Here's my next quote. By Helen Keller. Faith is the strength by which a shattered world will come into the light. Light. Life. Light. <laughs> I'm going to say it again just because I didn't say it well. Faith is the strength by which a shattered world will come into the light. I love that. I love some major, wonderful, heavy, beautiful quotes by Helen Keller, by the way. If you're not familiar, I encourage you to go check them out. All right. So as I was driving down the road the other evening, uh, starting to kind of see the splashes of colorful lights and snowmen where there isn't enough snow to create one, crazy reindeer leaping across the front yards and those huge, humongous, big lit up gift packages the size of a car that sit on people's lawns and they cover them with lights. I, I have to say, I'm not embarrassed to, to, to tell you I got a little giddy. Yeah, because I'm one of those people, the kind that loves Christmas lights. Uh, hence the title, Light Hearted. My heart yearns for Christmas lights. All right, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'd be happy if we did lights citywide or countrywide for every single holiday of the entire year. 
maybe after a while I'd get tired of it, but I don't think so. <laughs> I, I just don't. I just love, I love lights. <clears throat> and uh, not far from where I live is this underground light display. Um, it's called, uh, it's, it's at the Louisville Mega Caverns and it's called Lights Under Louisville. Lights Under Louisville. So if you're anywhere in the vicinity, I encourage you to check it out. Uh, there are these tunnels that were used in World War II and then during the Cold War that have since been converted to an underground conference center. Um, there's also a, a yacht and large RV storage under there, all temperature controlled, of course, because it's under the ground. And there's some sort of government secret offices down there. There's um, a bunch of off-limits spaces where you can't go. And there's a museum and a tour area. So you can see the, the history of the caverns and the tunnels. And there's a huge three-story jungle gym for kids underground. Um, a, a few BMX bike tracks uh, where they do racing. There's an earthworm growing station, which sounds kind of gross, and it is, but it's cool. Um, and there's some glow-in-the-dark zip lines that you can go zip lining. So yeah, it's a pretty cool place. But the most important thing they house is a 13-plus mile long underground Christmas light display. They have lights everywhere in these tunnels. Now, I tend to get to be a, a bit, um, a wee bit, claustrophobic. So when my husband initially suggested a few years back that we go check it out, I was really not cotton to it as the folks say around here. I was not happy about it, but I went anyhow because he really wanted to go. So, and it was awesome. The tunnels aren't some itty bitty tight tunnel. Like you drive through uh, on a parkway or, or down a road. No, these are huge, uh, no need for claustrophobia in this place because they're humongous. Um, so as you drive through like scene after scene or around this curve and, and down one tunnel or after another, the lights are magical. They're sparkly, so colorful. They depict all kinds of scenes from Christmas movies and cartoons and Santa and his workshop. And one of the major displays I've seen that honors, um, the U S military is extremely touching. They, they have a whole area that, uh, as a salute, to all the different, um, uh, armed forces and to veterans and in honor of the United States. So it's, it's really touching, but above all that is the fact that there are numerous displays with Jesus as the focus, um, including the nativity scenes. They even have these 3d motion picture scenes that are projected up on the cavern walls. Um, the joyful themes and bright lights, they do not leave out Christmas as in Christ's holiday <laughs> or Hanukkah, unlike a lot of Christmas, so-called Christmas displays do these days. So it's really an amazing time, which really brings me back to my point, seeing the light because Jesus is the light. So while we, while we see these bright lights and fun Christmas scenes, decorations, candy canes and Christmas trees, it's so important to remember what all this symbolizes for those who are Christians. And begrudgingly, begrudgingly, the rest of the world seems to hate these symbols and deny that Christmas, which has the name Christ in it, by the way, and begins with a capital C, um, because it's a proper name, that it's actually indeed about Christ, Christmas, Christ. There it is. I said it. All right. <laughs> now, for those of you who don't know 
a few of the lesser known facts about what we call Christmas. I'm going to lay out a few to you uh, that the world and anyone who denies the truth of Jesus Christ might throw at you to kind of shake up your faith or tell you, oh, no, no, this isn't about Jesus or the Bible's lying to you and blah, 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 blah. Okay, so I'm going to get into the blah, 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 blah. All right, ready? Here's some some things you, you might know, you might not know. December 25th, the day we celebrate the birth of Jesus is not actually the day he was born that we know of. The Bible and history books aren't specific. So just like many records from way back then, dates weren't given. And our calendars now are slightly different than they were back then. So the earliest Christians didn't even celebrate Jesus' birth. Some accounts say that a pope who was the one was the one who chose December 25th as a day for Christians to celebrate Jesus's birth. And others state that it was chosen by even earlier churches as a way to combat pagan rituals that were done on December 25th. Either way makes no difference. Anyone anywhere can choose whatever day they like to celebrate whatever it is they want to celebrate. So as a whole, most Christians continue to celebrate on December 25th though. So if an atheist gets up in your face or gets online and tries to tell you that you're celebrating a pagan holiday with ritualistic sacrifices, um, then you have my permission to tell them they're wrong. (laughs) It's not about what you're doing or how many rituals you perform or how many trees you put up in your house or, or if you sing happy birthday to Jesus or not. It's about what's in your heart, in your attitude, your focus, your words, and your actions. And, and those actions if you believe in Jesus, should be about choosing to celebrate the birth of Jesus, his birthday, because he's our savior, plain and simple. It doesn't matter what day you do it on, but most of us choose the day that we've known for centuries, December 25th. All right. So Mary was not a woman in her twenties or thirties, like a lot of depictions show. So I just want you to know, because you get, might get that thrown at you. Uh, when she gave birth to Jesus, she was not in her 20s, 30s, or 40s, even though many depictions do show her about that age. So the Bible doesn't say her exact age, but what we do know um, is that in history, um, she lived 11 years after Jesus' death. Um, so we know that she was, you know, for for then, she lived quite to be quite older age. But what we do know is that um, when she was betrothed to Mary Joseph is when she became pregnant, the Immaculate Conception, um, and she was already betrothed to Joseph. All right. So the average age of a girl who was promised in marriage back then was 12 to 14 years old. Yeah, 12 to 14 years old. People typically years and years and years before that lived very long lives. And then the longer we went on, life's got shorter and shorter and shorter. And now they're getting longer, longer and longer. I don't know the reasons why, but that's the truth. So, um, but back then you could be, be promised in marriage or betrothed between 12 and 14 years old. So the best estimate they have is she was around 14 years old when she gave birth to Jesus. So in the depiction of Jesus's birth and the nativity scene that we see in a lot of movies or cartoons or books, or even when we read in the Bible, um, we see the wise men coming to see Jesus 
and they were following the star of Bethlehem. But Jesus was not a baby in swaddling clothes in the manger when they got to him. That's what we see. But by the time they reach him, he's about two years old, according to the account in Matthew and historical records. So now if you ask me, it probably took them so long to get there because they didn't stop to ask for directions. Um, and the main reason <laughs> that they were named wise was because one of them finally listened to their wives, uh, one of their wives, and, and, and looked up to follow the light. That's all I'm saying about that, okay? Um, <laughs> but if somebody throws that at you to say, oh, the Bible's not accurate, actually, it, it is accurate. And it was a vast desert expanse. They didn't have cars that go. 50, 60, 70, 80 miles an hour. Okay. No dune buggies, no ATVs, no nothing like that. All right. So my point in sharing these things, besides the fact that they're interesting facts, is that sometimes the world gets caught up in details like these that do not matter in the big scheme of things. If we needed to know more than what's in the Bible, God would have given us more than what's in the Bible in order to have faith and believe and to believe on Jesus and to love him. We don't need to know more than is in there. Are we curious? Yeah. Um, do we want to know more? Yeah. We don't know more right now. One day we will. And that's part of where faith comes in. So whether the wise men got to Jesus when he was still in diapers or when he was darting around the stable chasing a lamb, doesn't matter. They got there. They saw the truth of who the Messiah was and followed the Bethlehem star to get there. So whatever the age Mary was at the time of Jesus's immaculate conception and birth is irrelevant to the fact that she was chosen for a reason. She gave birth to our Lord, giving him the gift of a human body, loving him, raising him, and probably a bit intimidated when she realized she couldn't actually ground him. That's just the way it is. And whatever day we choose to celebrate Jesus's birth on to honor the one who chose to come in a human body that became broken for us, it's just fine. Whatever date it is, doesn't matter. The fact that we honor Jesus and we show others his love and that we're thankful for the gift, that's what counts. What counts today, what matters today is that when we celebrate, whether it's with loads of lights, gifts galore, or one candle and a song we sing in worship, if, if that's all we have, is that we do it from the heart and out of love. It's not about how big the packages are and how fancy they look or, or whether or not we exchange gifts at all. It's not about getting the latest, greatest gadget or the toy or some fashion item that we want wrapped under the tree. It's about the gift given to us from a father who loves us enough to send his only son. And so when we give gifts to other people, it should be about that. It should be about loving them. And sometimes we love them so much we want to spoil them and showing people we care and that we want to share of what we have because all of that comes from a love of Jesus Christ. So what matters most as we enjoy the lights, those beautiful bright lights, and I do enjoy them. I mean, you could probably cover a pile of garbage in Christmas lights and I'd love seeing it at night. <laughs> but what matters most is remembering why those lights are supposed to be put up in the first place. And if you drive by someone's house who has an ungodly, obnoxious display out for Christmas, like the one I saw last year with a huge blow up can of beer in their yard with a reindeer standing on its back legs, all lit up, flipping people off. Um, for every tiny tot with their eyes all aglow to get scared over. I mean, that 
That's what, yes, like those people. Yes, it happens here and there. But if you see one of those houses, then is the time to not get angry or barf in disgust, but to pray. Pray for that person to actually get to know God and, and to get to know their Heavenly Father who wants nothing more than to love them into a better place than where they are in the moment that prompted them to put that on their yard. Okay. And so, yeah, I guess that light display wasn't so peachy for me. So not everything looks better covered in Christmas lights. Um, and come to think of, I, I think probably thinking too hard here, but, but before we moved out into the country, our old neighbors, super gung-ho yard decorators, bless their hearts. Um, whoa, their yard and house looked like Chevy Chase's in Christmas vacation every single year. It was Santa and reindeer on the rooftop, various real and fake trees in the yard, winter wonderland in one part, a huge nativity in another, the Grinch at the mailbox, more than one Santa, more than one of varying sizes in different parts of the yard. Way to confuse the kiddos, by the way, but every bit of it all lit up. And if they had a gnome or a pelican in the yard, they put lights on it too. And if you went to visit them for too long, I'd say they probably would wire you up and stick you in the yard <laughs> right next to their Jesus is the reason for the sea sign. Yeah, because the last part of season, the S-O-N, was burned out three years in a row. So it just said, Jesus is the reason for the sea, which, you know, that could be true too. All right, so truthfully though, if you stood in my living room looking out the window and squinted your eyes just so, their yard looked really pretty at night, no doubt. Of course, the motion sensor jingle bell music that played every time a car drove by or a squirrel ran across the yard drove us crazy, but it wasn't too bad once you put your earplugs in. Just saying. All right. So I do suppose, though, that there are many people who think that Christmas isn't truly Christmas unless they put out enough lights. In those cases, I have to remind myself yet again that the lights we decorate with and even the stars in the sky that shine are all an imitation of the real thing, the light of the world. I personally can't help but think of Jesus when I see those fun and fanciful Christmas lights whether it's in a tunnel or in someone's yard or even shining in the sky. Because John 9, 5 tells us, Jesus said, while I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. And in John 8, 12, it says, Jesus spoke again saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. Light. It, it's not contrary to some belief. It's not merely the absence of darkness. No, it's not. Light is defined as the natural agent that stimulates sight and makes things visible. Wow. The natural agent that stimulates sight and makes things visible. Now, think of that definition as the definition of who Jesus is and who we're supposed to be to the world as well. And Listed in Merriam-Webster is the secondary definition of light as spiritual illumination. So did you know that in the Bible, there are 235 passages that mention light? It's used in the Bible um, as a symbol for our Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ, faith and holiness. And in Psalms, David sings, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. 
of whom am I afraid? And in Ephesians, Ephesians 5, 8, it says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. So my hope and prayer is that no matter the hustle and bustle of Christmas or the upfront view that many of us might have of people who get it wrong at Christmas time, you know, choosing worldly things and skewed ideologies over the truth of Jesus Christ, that, that through all of that, we'll continue to let the light of Christ shine through us steady and strong and consistent and not let the world cause us to get weary or cover up the light that we carry. Let us not be ashamed of the light of Jesus. Let us not be ashamed that Christmas starts with a capital C and that we are keepers of that light. Because we have a hope for today and a promise of the hope to come through Jesus. In Revelation 21, 23 to 25, it says, The city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. And the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light, and the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. Its gates shall not be shut all by day, for there will be be no night. Its gates shall not be shut all during the day, for there shall be no night there. So 24-7, there'll be no night. It shall be filled with light. So I pray today that if you're uncertain who the light of the world is, that you'll turn to these passages that I just talked about. Rewind. Listen to them again. Um, the ones that I shared with you just now and reach out for guidance or send me an email by going to womaninspired.com and click on the contact info and I'll see if I can point you in the direction of someone locally who is trustworthy and that you can seek spiritual guidance from and at the very very least I will pray for you so thank you again for tuning in and for sporting supporting <laughs> sporting yeah, you can support Woman Inspired, sure. Um, thank you for supporting the Woman Inspired podcast. If you're looking for me, just go to womaninspired.com and all the links for social media are out there as well as contact information. And I pray that you will continue to walk in the light of God's love and share that light. Have a blessed week and go enjoy those Christmas lights. <music>